Welcome to Truth in the Word. Join us today as we allow the Word of God to be a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Now, here's your host, Pastor Jim Newsom. Yes, this is Pastor Jim Newsom, and this is Truth in the Word on Anchor Broadcasting. Going back to the book of Acts today, I'm going to continue on in chapter 3, a little review, chapter 3. Before we do, let's go to prayer. Father, anoint your word today. Let it go forth, touch minds and hearts. Do miracles, Father. Heal, save, and deliver. In Jesus' holy and righteous name we pray. Amen and amen. Acts chapter 3. We uh, <clears throat> see Peter and John went, went up to the temple, the hour of prayer, <clears throat> being the ninth hour. We said that was uh, three in the afternoon at that particular time. Three hours of prayer during a day at 9 a.m., noon, and 3 p.m. Uh, verse 2 talks about a certain man, lame from his mother, who never walking. Never, never had strength in his legs. Was laid at the gate <clears throat> called Beautiful. He uh, asked of alms, or, or he was a beggar. And the Bible says uh, they saw, he saw Peter and John about to go into the temple, and he asked them if, if they had anything to give him. And verse 4 says, Peter fastened his eyes upon him, where John said, Look on us. Look on us, of course, power not in them. And the Bible says he gave heed unto them, in other words, expecting to receive something. It talks about in verse 5. So <clears throat> we'll start again here in Acts 3 6. Then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, I give thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Now, a definite miracle. And this is actually the first recorded definite exercise of the Christian's power of attorney. Given through the baptism of the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> he said, I shall give you power. That word is dunamis to, to perform all these things in my name. Not in Peter and John's name. Uh, they said, look on us. And they wasn't talking about, they wasn't going to impart anything that they could give, but what they had received from the Holy Spirit. Like we talked last time, the Holy Spirit's the catalyst. He's the one that should be regarded in every church. Let him have power over every service, over every transaction. God help us today. That we might be pliable unto the Holy Spirit. The Bible says that that, that we can even grieve his spirit if we if we push him aside and go about to move in the flesh. So, in 2 Corinthians 6.10, as sorrowful yet always rejoicing as poor, yet making many rich, as having nothing and yet possessing all things. When we have Christ in our lives, the, uh, the joy of the Lord is our strength. He's our healer, our deliverer, our incoming, our outgoing, our present help in the time of trouble. So Acts 3.7 says, and he took him by the right hand 
right? And always designates power. And lifted him up and immediately, now listen, never walked. I want you to think about this. And you know, a lot of people go, oh, well, so you know, well, listen, listen. Immediately, not with crutches, with a walker, but immediately his feet and ankle bones receive strength. Now, see, that same power is available today to us. Whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be delivered and shall be set free. James chapter 5 said, There be any sick among you, call the elders of the church. The elders have power? No. But they are praying a prayer of faith that this same power that made this lame man walk can touch the hearts and the minds and the bodies of the people that they are agreeing and praying for. Anoint them with oil and pray the prayer of faith. And the sick shall be healed, and the being sin in their life, the Bible says it shall be forgiven of them. This is all done through the Spirit, not by power, not by might, but by my Spirit, saith the Lord. So immediately his feet and ankle bones receive strength. And God's still doing the same thing today. If you're home, anoint yourself and pray the prayer of faith over yourself. Call on the name of the Lord. He's touched with my affirmative, your affirmative. He's touched with our sicknesses and with our situations, with our problems. He said, I'll never leave you and forsake you. I'll be with you even until the end of this age. He's still healing, saving, delivering, and setting free. He's still moving to those that will allow him to move in their lives. Remember, he had to look upon Peter and John. And when they reached down and took him by the right hand, he had to reach up his hand and allow them to pull him off of his bed, I guess, whatever they, uh, I guess the term, the term, the term is litter, to, to, to bring him off. And immediately his ankle bones and feet received strength. Now, listen, doctors will tell you There was no muscle in his legs, I'm sure, because they weren't used. They were dormant. But this is a miracle from God. So this man was placed on solid footing, which is the solid rock, a type of the solid rock, which is Christ Jesus. And also again, keeping in mind that this man was lame from birth. This is a big deal. We read over, oh, well, he's, yeah, well, it's a big deal. And he can do the same thing today. Let's quit limiting God in what he can do. Quit listening to the naysayers who would have preach a message that God is not healing. Yes, he's healing. Yes, he's healing. Yes, he's delivering. Yes, he's still saving. He's still moving. The same God that raised up this lame man, the same spirit that raised up Jesus Christ from the dead dwells in me and you today, the quickening spirit. We can use his name, his power of eternity, and things to be done to give him glory, to lift his name up that all men might be drawn unto him. Now listen to what it says here in verse 8, Acts 3, 8. And he leaping up stood and walked and entered with them into the temple. 
What a shock these people are about to get. Walking and leaping and praising God. Would you? Would you? Oh, yes. Isaiah 35 and 6. Isaiah prophesies of the kingdom age. He says, Thou then shall the lame man leap as a heart or deer, and the tongue of the dumb sing. In the wilderness shall waters break out and the streams in the desert. Isaiah is speaking of the kingdom. What we see happening in Acts 2 is a foretaste of what Jesus uh, is going to do in the future and still doing today. He still heals today. It's coming today and everybody's going to be healed. Everybody's going to be delivered. Everybody's going to be set free. And all the people, verse 9, see, this starts something. This is the the starting of these apostles turning the world upside down. Not in their name. He said, look on us. We don't have any silver and gold. But such as we have, we give unto you. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. Now, he might have left his money bag or whatever it might be laying on his litter, so to speak. Now, his life was different. This man could walk, walk. But, but, by the way, he was leaping. Now, I, please, please get this in your spirit today. He was leaping and praising God. Acts 3.10. And they knew, they see this man every morning. And they knew that it was he which set for alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder, what's going on here? And amazement at that which had happened unto him. Wow. This is worth more than any silver and gold in the treasury. This man's life changed by the power of God. And he's still changing life. To, listen, listen, what's going on in the world it does not take God by surprise. He's still moving Healing and delivering today. Amen. So we use his name today, not ours. We can't do not our church's name, not our bylaws, not our constitution, that which grandpa did and grandma did. No, we use the name of Jesus. The name above all names. The name the Bible says that no name under heaven can a man be saved or a woman, boy, or girl. The healer, the life changer. And they were amazement of what happened under this man. Changed forever. Acts 3.11. As the lame man which was healed, how Peter and John, all the people ran together unto them in the porch that is called Solomon's greatly wondering. He's probably patting and holding, thank God, you know, thank you for praying for me. Now, this porch of Solomon's were about 800 feet long, built on the east side of the outer court. So then Peter begins to preach or admonish the onlookers, telling them what was going on. Acts 3.12. And when Peter saw it, he answered unto the people, you men of Israel, once again speaking totally to Jews, why marvel ye at this? Or why look ye so earnestly on us as though by our own power or holiness we have made this man walk. Immediately he decreases like John the Baptist did, totally. 
that Jesus Christ might increase. He said it wasn't us. We shrank down. We're going to talk about the one that did this, not us. We're just instruments. We're just obeying him. We're full of his spirit, full of his power. We're going to do that which he promised. Is it by our own power? No. This was by the power of the Holy Ghost. Luke 24, 49 says, And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. But tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem, that ye be endued with power from on high. Now that's for today too. We can be endued with power, not for personal gain. Study the gifts of the Spirit. The gifts of the Spirit are totally to do what? To lift up the church. To edify the body of Christ. But this power comes from on high. It doesn't come from the back room of a church somewhere or the back room of anything. This comes from the throne of God because of the finished work, listen to me today, of Jesus Christ, who sits by the Father's right hand right now, making intercession right now. That doesn't stop. The world goes on, does their thing, but that doesn't stop the intercessory power of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And when we call upon his name, when we use his name, and things begin to have power, has to happen. Because that word is dunamis. I've talked about that a lot of times. The power which is as dynamite, explosive, life-changing. Acts 3.13, Peter goes on to preach. The God of Abraham and Isaac, they know these people. And of Jacob, the God of our fathers, listen have glorified his son, Jesus, whom he or ye delivered up and denied him in the presence of Pilate when he was determined to let him go. Now he starts to uh, uh, tell like it is. In Acts 13, 28, and though they found no cause of death in him, yet desired they Pilate that he should be slain. Remember, we have no king but Caesar. Give us Barabbas. And crucify him, crucify him. And he goes and he says, he's you. you and, and, and just because it's all of us that nailed him to the cross. We nailed him to the cross. He wasn't assassinated or murdered. The Bible says he laid his life down willingly. As a, as a lamb or a sheep goes under the slaughter, so did he go. Mute, didn't say nothing. Did not say nothing. Knew his destiny. Worked it out with God. Complete obedience. He could have called 10,000 angels. They didn't. Thank God he didn't. That me and you could be saved today. That me and you can use his name. That me and you have hope in a lost and a dying world. Jesus Christ, the hope of glory. Okay. Acts 3.14. Listen, it goes on. But you deny the Holy One and the just and desire a murderer to be granted unto you. That's Barabbas. Acts 3.15. He's letting them have it here and killed the prince of life. But does it end there? Comma said, whom God have raised from the dead, whereof we are witnesses of him. John said, we touched, we felt, we handled. And then Thomas said, my God and my Lord, as he touched the nail scars. 
in his hand. We see the Prince of Glory. We know we saw him in his glorified state. James and John and Peter was on the Mount of where trans, trans what transfiguration and they saw him glorified there and he was in his glorified state after his resurrection. Behold my son in whom I'm well pleased. And then God said that at that at, at that moment and also at his baptism. He says, we're witnesses. He's the prince of life. He's, he's, he's the author and finisher of our faith. He stands at the head. He's the beginning. He, he, he's the highest ranking one. King of kings and Lord of lords. Bible says he's the prince of peace in Isaiah 9, 6. For unto us a child is born, unto us a, a son is given. The, the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. He's also the leader, Daniel 8 and 25, and, and through his policy. Also shall cause the craft to prosper in his hand, and he shall magnify himself in his heart. And by peace shall destroy many. He shall also stand up against the prince of princes, but he shall be broken without hands. Of course, that's speaking of the Antichrist. There's only one true prince of peace. This one's coming. It will give a false peace. He is the Messiah. Amen. He is what? The anointed one. In Acts 5 and 31, him hath God exalted with his right hand to be a prince and a savior for to give repentance to Israel, forgiveness of sins. Revelation 1.5 And from Jesus Christ, who is faith, the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead and the prince of kings of the earth unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. This is them pointing out that he's the prince of life, the prince of peace, the prince of all. The book of Hebrews 2.10, for it became him for whom are all things and by whom are all things and bringing many sons into glory to make the captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings. Hebrews 12.2, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. This is the prince. Acts 3.16, he goes on and says, and his name, through faith in his name, now he's giving the source, hath made this man strong. <laughs> through faith in his name, through his name and faith in that name. You've got to put the two together. You've got faith in that name. Either believe he's king of kings and lord of order, or maybe you believe he's just a good man. A lot of people say, yeah, he was a good man. He was a good teacher, blah, blah, blah. I heard one time that, that they, they run a poll, I'm not sure of all that, but that, that the Lord might have made the poll of the top 10 most important people that are walking the face of the earth. But we know he's number one. Greater than any man that walked in the flesh because he walked in the spirit. He says, has made this man strong whom you see and know. You know this man was lame. You know his situation. You can't deny the change in this man. The faith which is by him hath given him this, listen, perfect soundness in the presence of you all. Immediately, immediately, 
his ankles and his muscles and his leg receive strength. John 1.12, but as many received him, gave him the power to become the sons of God. Even to them that believe on his name. You must believe on his name. You must confess his name. Believe with your heart. Receive him in your life. Repent. We talked about repentance a couple, couple days ago. Repentance. Acts 3.17. And now, brethren, I would that through ignorance you did it, as did also your rulers. Now, ignorance through not having knowledge, but now they're getting knowledge. So what are they going to do with the truth? Now, they've seen what this man, what, what, what the Lord done or his name done to these other men. Now, how are they going to handle Jesus? They're going to receive him. They're going to, some received him, and many, many still rejected him. And a lot of those were, quote, unquote, religious hierarchies. They're not going to give up their throne for nothing or their power source. Okay. Luke 23 and 34. Then said Jesus, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Their ignorance says that they parted his raiment and cast lots. So next time we'll start with verse 18. But this. This is the catalyst of the church. The Bible says they continued in one mind and one accord. They continued daily, singing praises, giving honor, knowing whom they believed. So next time we'll start in Acts 3 and 18, we're going to see what, what Peter had to say to these people. Some are going to receive it, and some are not, just like today. Some are going to rebel against it, stepping up against it. No, no, I'll do it my way. Well, you do it way, your way, it won't end well. You got to do it his way, because he is the way, the truth, and the life. So we, the church, our job is to do exactly what the first century church did. They they moved, and will bring us out again in the spirit. They were controlled, manipulated, unctioned, that old term used to be used a long time ago, by the spirit. The same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the grave dwells in the church today and those who are the people of the church. Jude said, contend for the faith. That was once given. What? Unto the saints. He says, give diligence. In Jude 1, 3, Beloved, when I have, I give all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and to exhort you, you should earnestly contend for the faith that was once delivered unto the saints. Now, Jew was preaching about apostates coming in and tearing down the foundation, which is Jesus Christ, getting people to look in other directions other than Jesus Christ, the sanctifier. 
Now the common salvation belongs to the Jews and belongs to the Gentiles. That word contend means to contend against others. And the idea is, is to maintain the original faith that was started at the time of the apostles, at the day of Pentecost. Many are falling aside. The Bible says, give heed. In the last days, many will give place to what? Seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. That's why we must go back to base. We must go back to the word of God as the rule of our life. That if it's not in the word of God, it confirmed in the word of God, rightly dividing the word of truth, and we don't preach it. We don't need men's isms, isms, or, well, this is my opinion. This is not in the Bible. This is what I think. I mean, Paul talked about a church at where Berea, who followed along everything he said. In other words, they put what this man preached on the test bench, and by some strange coincidence, which had never happened, he didn't, he didn't confirm the scriptures, then there was a problem. That's what we should be today. Open your Bible and go to church. I know today we've got overheads and we've got TVs with the word, but bring your Bible, open it up, and make sure the man or woman behind the pulpit is giving you the truth. Amen. That's the Berean challenge. Well, I've known this preacher for you. I trust him. That's good. Honor, honor your pastors. But every time this man preaches, a woman preaches, get your word of God out and make sure he's preaching the truth. Nothing wrong with that. I encourage that. Amen. Make sure the truth is being preached. Now, men are men. Feet of clay. Amen. But when we go by the word of God, then that's the truth. See, this truth, this word, the Bible says, will set man free. This particular word set this lame man free. Set him free. He walked. He's not mentioned again. So I would say he probably, I don't know how old he was, but he got him a job. Maybe he had a family. I don't know. In the book of Joel, Joel preached that God will restore unto us what the cankerworm, what the palmer worm, what the caterpillar has eaten. He'll restore that which Satan has tried to destroy in our life. God is a restorator. Believe him today. Shake off heavy bands. Get rid of things in your life that are separating. We all need to do this from, from the love of God. Because Paul said, I'm persuaded that nothing shall separate me. From the love of God. He said no prince of power. No power. No power in heaven. No power on earth. No power below the earth. I persuade that which I commit unto him. He's able to keep. Against that day. So we need to go back to the apostles creed. The, the, the word of God says they kept the apostles doctrine. What they preached under the anointing of the Holy Ghost. The original faith. That was manifested at the day of Pentecost and the days following. Miracles, signs, wonders, salvation, church growth led to, to a great what? Uh, uh, trials and tests come to them, persecutions, and, and, and they were scattered. 
Amen. Paul was called and he began to preach to the Gentiles. God showed Peter that the Gentiles were not unclean. Amen. This is a universal gospel and needs to be preached universally to every man, every nation, whosoever will shall call on the name of the Lord, shall be saved. And today, just, just as was in Jude's day, there are false teachers today wanting to tear down this gospel, wanting, wanting men to go in another direction. I said before, Paul said, O foolish Galatians who have bewitched you to go in another direction. We need to be steadfast in the word of God. So until next time, May God bless, may God save, heal, and deliver, and set free in Jesus' name. God bless till next time. We want to thank you for listening to Truth in God's Word today. You can check us out on Facebook at The Truth in God's Word. There you can message us for any reason, whether it be prayer request, comment about the show, or if you would just like to let us know subjects you would like to hear about on Truth in God's Word. We pray that you have a blessed day.